Welcome back to the Lobot Lounge, the gathering place for the gentleman nerds. The gentleman nerds are three entertainment aficionados who know each other through various media endeavors, getting together to talk about all things nerdy, mostly in the vein of film, television, toys, and popular culture. Many topics are discussed, so please be warned, there are the potential for many spoilers. If you like what you hear, you can listen to past shows on iTunes or on our website, thegentlemannerds.com. And now, enjoy the show. It is April. 2020 and our world has changed. The COVID-19 coronavirus is ravaging the land and the entire country is quarantined. All of us, the gentlemen nerds, are sequestered in our homes. What do we do to occupy the time? How do we entertain ourselves? Well, that's what this show is all about. The Gentleman Nerds have decided to share our own time-occupying binge-watching, binge-reading, activities, hobbies, whatever, to perhaps give our listeners some ideas to help get through this most difficult time. So, the German nerds are here to share. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting a man who owns a VHS copy of Leonard Part 6, Mark Finn. Hey everybody, I miss you. Do you miss us? And a man who has watched King Ralph six times in the cinema, Aaron Diarive. Wait, what's King Ralph? (laughs) (laughs) And... And I'm your host, Emotional Touchstone, and a man who actually chose to watch Simon, King of the Witches, while sober, Joseph Fotinos. Welcome to the Gentleman Nerds Quarantine Special. Uh, welcome. I, I'd like to extend a special welcome uh, from here in the North Texas Apocalypse Bunker. Oh. Uh, we have uh, just enough dog food to get us through to next Thursday, and then we're going to have to start figuring out which one of us gets to feed the dog. So uh, <laughs> oh, nice. this, this may be my last uh, podcast. Oh, oh dear. Oh, goodness. Okay. Okay. Well, um, that's that's exciting. Uh, we're doing well here in Austin. Um you're following all the quarantine guidelines and, and staying in. We all have fashionable masks that we put on. We look very much like Cobra Troopers when we do so, which uh, I'm sure makes Commander very happy. Because um, <laughs> the masks that my wife and I have are black. They're just solid black masks. So, you know, we look like Cobra! <laughs> uh, so that's exciting. Um, but, you know, it, it's it helps to actually be quarantined with people that you like, which yes. is nice. Yes. You know, it, it, I, I I don't know. We'll, we'll hear the statistics when this is all over, but they may be an amazingly high divorce rate after this is done or <laughs> an incredibly big baby boom uh, yes. when this is all done, too. That's true. I, I think it'll be both. Yeah. Because <laughs> really, you never really know how much you get along with somebody until you're trapped in the house with them 24-7. Uh, every time, uh, every time I, I see the news now, I always imagine the scene from Tim Burton's Batman, where they've all stopped using makeup and she, the ladies got <laughs> yes. six yes. new deaths and no clue as to what may be causing them. Yes. You know? yes. Hair frazzled, big zit on the side of her nose. You know, yeah, that's it. No and improved Joker products. Uh, oh, we're we're that we're that close. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> 
I get it. So um, we're going to share some things and, and maybe some recommendations. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, these types of shows because I always learn something that I didn't know. And, and, and I hear about a show that maybe I should be watching. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. Um, you know, we, in this difficult time, I, I know that we go to our favorites like – you know, uh, comfort. Um, you know, for, for for me, obviously, horror movies are my comfort. I watch a lot of horror movies just yeah. regularly when I'm not quarantined in the house. Um, so, here lately, I've been doing a lot of um, uh, uh, binging of, of shows that I somehow missed on its on their first round. Um, so, I, with with permission, gentlemen, I'll I'll start with my first one, sure. um, and I'll share that I have been really enjoying. Parks and Rec. Now, Parks and Recreation with uh, um, Amy Poehler Um, and Chris Chris Pratt and uh, Audrey, uh, or what's her name? Um, Good Lord, I can't remember her name. I just... Audrey uh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, thank you very much. Um, Nick Offerman. Uh, and, and I love ensemble comedies. I love ensemble comedies. So I've been watching some, from season one, and I'm working my way. I'm in season three now. Um, and I, I, I enjoy Pawnee and the wackiness that happens in this parks and recreation department of the government, of the local government in Pawnee. Um, I myself am a city employee, so I find a lot of humor right. <laughs> in, yeah. in how they're presenting city employees. Um <laughs> Because a lot of them are here to just do the bare minimum to get by, and some of them, like uh, Polar's character, uh, is 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 really gung ho and, and they go get them, and, and they've all got their quirks and eccentricities, and and it's it's a delightfully fun show, and it makes me laugh. And right now, I need a good laugh. So yes. every night before I, I've been going to, to 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 bed, I've been enjoying a couple episodes of Parks and Recreation, which uh, I, I recommend. I know I'm probably really late to that game. I'm really late to that game, but uh, it is available on Netflix all seasons. So uh, yeah, it's a nice, it's comforting. You know, it's a comfort to, for me to to, to dive into that. I, uh, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it's also on Hulu. And yeah, uh, yeah I want to chime in here. I love Parks and Rec. It is, it's a wonderful show. It's a kind show. Yeah. Uh, it, you you really you like all the different characters, uh, and it's not that. Uh, um, uh, it, there, it's it's not a mean spirited show, uh, which is nice. It's very hopeful and upbeat and positive, uh, and uh, uh, I think that it does a when when you get to the ending, they did a really good job of sticking the dismount. But, oh, good. Uh, Oh, but good. if you if you don't watch it for any other reason, let me tell you that Ron Swanson. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> Ron Swanson. Oh. He is, you know, he's one of my spirit animals. Yeah. Uh, uh, so quotable, so yeah. eminently quotable, and and such a great uh, tough guy character, but not not a cliche. Right. Uh, it's because he's got soft sides and it's not, it, it, so it's not a, it's, it initially seems like toxic masculinity, but it's really not. It's yeah. just more, it's a, it's a, it's a very different vibe. It's, I, I recommend the show unreservedly. It's a I, lot of fun. I really enjoyed watching, um, uh, uh, Nick Offerman's character, Ron Swanson, but there was that one episode where he talks about his two ex-wives, both named Tammy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, um, which is, which is very funny to me, but he, he, he actually goes out on a date. Well, not a date. He has a, like a, a reconciliation, uh, with his last ex-wife who works, uh, in another city department. 
um, and and it's it's just a it's a brilliant. Um, it's also uh, it's, really it's also well played by his yes, actual his wife. Actual wife. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes. so they get they get fearlessly insane yes. uh, in the show. Uh, yeah. If you uh, if you ever were a fan of Amy Palmer Polar on SNL, if you ever wondered why people like Chris Pratt, if you ever uh, wondered why people uh, make such a big deal about Nick Offerman, this mm-hmm. is the show where all of that kind of came to fruition. So. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. It's 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 delightful. It really is. And, and speaking of, of Chris Pratt as, as Andy Dreyer, oh, I tell you, he he sort can play an idiot. He can play an idiot very very well. <laughs> yes. But yes. again, there's he, you know, like you said, it's a nice, it's a good show with a good heart. And Andy's a good-hearted guy. He yes, might not he be the brightest guy, but he's right. he's a you know, um, Tom uh, Aziz uh, Ansari's character was looking to to buy. Shares in a nightclub because that was his dream or whatever. And oh. Andy's looking for a new place to live. He got like for rent four hundred bucks first month. Yeah, I could do that. And he's sitting there shining as he, sh- I mean, a Tom shoes. And Tom mentions it and he goes, "Oh, just a thousand dollars. I got a thousand dollars. I'll give it to you." And he's like, "Why would you do that?" He goes, "Wait, it'll make you happy, right?" He goes, "Yeah, I'd like it's to see my dream. friends. Yeah. yeah, it's your dream. I'd like to see my friends happy. I mean, it's just straight up." And then, of course, you know, April, uh, Aubrey Plaza's character, goes up and says, why did you do that? You were going to buy a new place. Like, yeah, I'd rather just make this guy happy than get a place. It, 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 you want to shake him because he's an idiot, but you also go, well, that was nice. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's great. And I remember, because I then not, not watching Parks and Recreation, um, when they started doing Guardians of the Galaxy, when it was announced that Chris Pratt was going to play Star-Lord, um, the world was like, Chunky guy from Parks and Rec, the the tubby dude from Parks and Rec, him, you know. Uh, and then of course you see Guardians, you're like, oh yeah, personal trainers, folks. That's what they can do for you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but mind you, he's still playing an idiot, so I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, they cast him correctly. I mean, they yeah, actually, exactly. you know, yeah, yeah they looked they at Parks and Rec and said, oh, that idiot could play Star Lord. Let's let's get him. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 quite it's quite a, a a good casting job, and along I can't wait along the the, the seasons we're going to get all kinds of special guest stars and and what have you. So I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Thoroughly good. enjoying. Awesome, so, great. One. That's my first choice. Binging Parks and Rec. Nice. So um, can we go round table on this? Or yeah, let's round table. Yeah, let's round table. Sure. Aaron, what do you, what do you got, Aaron? Uh, I am really enjoying. Uh, well, you know what? I, I'll say one that I've already done because there's some that I'm I'm working through. But I saw a wonderful miniseries. If you're a fan of Stephen King, you mm. must you must watch The Outsider. Um, it's uh, based on a novel uh, having to do with with somebody who's accused of murder and a murder that he couldn't possibly have committed because he was somewhere else. So it has to do with doppelgangers, uh, with Ooh. somebody that looks just like you. Nice. What is it? Where did it come from? What does it want? Um, and and it's done. I mean, again, it's Stephen King, so so it's it's a competent story with great characters. But this particular interpretation is done so well. Jason Bateman is uh, one of the was one of the people pushing it. Uh, he directed, I believe, the first two episodes. Yep. Um, and by the way, Jason Bateman, he, he's going to be in something else that Mark will talk about, and I'm going to jump in a lot on that because I'm I'm loving that other particular show. But anyway, The Outsider is must view. If you're a fan of Stephen King, it's must see. If you're wow. a fan of horror. It's must-see. If yeah. you're a fan of just well-made supernatural thrillers, it's a must-see. Um, and it's on and, HBO right now. Yes, 
And it's 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 phenomenal. It's phenomenal. You know, I, it, when, when HBO does stuff, you know, guys, they did they did Watchmen. Uh, you know, they're gonna they're doing another show that I'm gonna talk about. HBO gets it right. HBO takes the time to pick shows that are absolutely top notch. So yeah. my recommendation is uh, it's a miniseries. It's The Outsider. Yep, I agree. I agree. I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, uh, very well done. And uh, it's a it's a it's a it it kind of completes an arc that Jason Bateman uh, started in what I'm about to recommend, which Ooh. is Ozark. Oh God, Ozark. Okay. Oh, Ozark. this show. God, it is this a show. It's a tr- it's a crime story uh, that is uh, produced and uh, directed by Bateman, uh, and it is a it is an extreme departure from him. I mean, we all love Jason Bateman. Bateman does a great job. He's made a he's made a, an enviable career out of playing the uh, straight man. And does a great job of being that sort of unflappable guy, whether we're talking about horrible bosses or, or, or game night. Uh, mm. he's, uh, he's, he's terrific. And I, I love watching uh, what he's matured uh, into coming off of things like, um, you know, um, the what, whatever the football movie was that he was in. Uh, so so he's uh, he's big fun. But this is is not that Jason Bateman. Uh, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney are a married couple in the movie, uh, in the series. And mm-hmm. uh, of, of the inciting incident happens in the first episode that uh, forces them to relocate to the Ozarks of Missouri. And uh, from there, they endeavor to set up a money laundering operation. Hmm. Yes. And uh, uh, it is uh, a character study uh, in um, uh, in criminal behavior, especially white collar criminals. Uh, Bateman Bateman's performance is unlike anything I've ever seen. I could not believe uh, how focused and intense he was. I, I can't believe more people aren't talking about it. It's wow. so good. And Laura Linney, who is always good is phenomenal opposite yeah. him in this. Yeah. If you like Laura Linney and if you like Jason Bateman and, and more importantly, now here's the deal. It's a Netflix crime series. It mm-hmm. is, it is bloody. It is, it is cheerfully profane, v- uh, verging on filthy dirty. Okay. The language in it, there's, you know how when people say things like, uh, uh, "Hey, w- w- would you like some coffee to go with your sugar?" Right? You know, like that kind of thing, implying that you put a lot of sugar in your coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be, uh, "Hey, would you like some nouns and verbs to go with your profanity?" <laughs> so, you know, if you set your expectation to that, that there's a, a couple of characters in the series who speak in first person F you, um, then, uh, I, I can't, I, you know, I can't, uh, recommend it. So, so many twists and turns and Bateman does this incredible job of being the guy that's trying to make order out of chaos. He's always trying to keep it together. He's always, he's got, he's got strands in play and things in motion. And he, he believes that if he just, gives people their one thing to do that, 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 and they do that one thing, then everything will be all right. And he always uh, forgets that people aren't like that, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and so, so, you know, his, his 
his plans are always thwarted by somebody else's high ambition and low impulse control. Uh, Fascinating. The third series just dropped. Uh, I think each uh, season is uh, like 10 episodes or 12 episodes. Yeah. Uh, so it's the kind of thing that maybe you want to do as a palate cleanser. And and I would recommend not watching them all at once. But if this, if what I've said sounds appealing to you, uh, run to Netflix and put it in your queue. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I, I, and let me add simply that, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Breaking Bad. And if you are wondering, gee, is this a lot like Breaking Bad? Yes, it is. It's a lot like Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a family. And in this case, the entire family is involved in what's going on as mm. opposed to just one man. Yeah, and uh, it's it, it's it's totally very different from Breaking Bad. But it's very much in that people who don't have any business being criminals end up being criminals. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and one of the things I love about it is is the characters. I mean, whenever whenever you think they're about to lean into an incredibly tired cliche of, of a character, they end up showing you, oh, no, this character's not a cliche at all. Huh. Uh, or at least just on the surface, it looked like that's where they were going. But there's so much more to the character. Uh, it, it, it's unexpected. It goes in a direction you were not you could not have said, "Oh yeah, I think that's gonna. This guy's gonna end up doing this." No, not at all. Um, and if so, he, more than anything, it is a fascinating yeah. character study of of all these people interacting with each other. Um, I, I would I would say if you like the first season, you're gonna you're gonna like what comes after. And I I can tell you, I watched the third season in three sittings, and the entire time I was yelling at the TV. And and you know when you're when you're at that point where you're yelling at the TV, yeah, that's a good that's a good sign, right? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. that oh, means yeah. you're that means you're completely invested in this. Uh, so yeah. yeah. That, and, and and I I did want to just quickly add, uh, Jason Bateman absolutely is just astounding in this. He's amazing. Uh, I know this is something that he was passionate about. The show actually was created by Bill Dubuque and Mark Williams. Uh, they are the show's creators. Um, I think they brought Bateman on very early on, and and obviously this became a passion project for all of them. And Bateman, Bateman is perfection in this series. Yeah, uh, he has directed a couple of the episodes, um, and and he's just it's just wonderful to watch him. It's wonderful to watch this this character exactly as Mark described. This he's an accountant. He's a numbers guy. He loves his family, um, and he is pulled into the most amazingly horrible situation <laughs> where you're just like, oh my god, how is he going to get out of this? Yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, it's a yeah. nightmare, and and, and, and he makes it worse. It. Oh, it's yeah. absolutely worth it, folks. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I've jotted those down. I've jotted those down. Nice. Um, I'm going to go off the uh, what are we watching here for a bit and talk to you about what I'm doing, because I, I really, really find great joy in this. I'll get back to watching later. Of course. Um, I have been enjoying quite a bit playing video games. And I haven't played video games in a very, very, very long time. I lack the motor skills to successfully navigate a video game. I know this. Uh, When I was in the 80s, when I was growing up in Houston, Texas, my father owned a video game room. I was the coolest kid in school because my father owned a video game room, an eatery called Leo's Game Room in beautiful Houston, Texas, on the corner of Westheimer and Voss Road. And uh, right next to the San Antonio Rose and across the street from LaBear. So there you go. Um, 
and, and that's where I spent a lot of my years growing up playing video games. And I was horrible at them. I was just horrible at them. My father used to give me uh, uh, rolls of quarters marked with with uh, a, a permanent marker, like X's on them, so we could pull those out whenever we were taking the money at the end of the night. Um, and I would play video games all day long. Now, my brother, <laughs> James, was very, very good at video games. Outstandingly good. Um, I mean, this is the era of Dragon's Lair and Space Ace and yes. you know, <laughs> Tron and Kangaroo. and, uh, and the, quor- the Quarter Eaters, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, um, what was that? Uh, a Battle Zone with the tanks. Remember that? Those, oh, those, those, so good. Yeah. I was just so bad at them. Well, my wife is, is, is better at most things than I am, and she's very good at video games, apparently. Um, she just absolutely adores Diablo, the video game series Diablo. Nice. Uh, Never played it. Never even heard of it, frankly. And she told me all about it. I said, well, that sounds like fun. It sounds like Dungeons and Dragons. I could get behind that. So my son, uh, he is an Xbox here at the house for him when he visits. Uh, I haven't seen my son since this whole thing started. Another bummer. Um, But I said, hey, Edward, I'm going to use that Xbox in the room. He said, sure, let me help you set it up. So we FaceTimed and he helped me set it up. And, uh, and, and, And Brandy ordered Diablo 3. And uh, here we are. We're playing video games, and, and cool. it's 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 a lot of fun. We just we sit around and we spend, and it's amazingly, uh, it's amazing how much time it kills. How how quickly it's like, go to bed. You know? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, you don't realize it, but you're just so into it, and you're killing things, and and you're stocking up and getting supplies, and doing your inventory, and trading, and and selling weapons, and it's a very complex game. Uh, it is very Dungeons and Dragons like. You 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 create a character, and you get experience points, and you get find magic weapons and new armors, and you're fighting all kinds of creepy crawlers, and and it's a it's a lot of fun. I'm just digging the hell out of it. So awesome. I don't know if you guys are out there. And and you have your favorite game systems. We were we were contemplating doing a Nintendo Switch and, and starting it on that, but but we went with the Xbox instead. Um, you know, six and one, half a dozen in the other, as far as I'm concerned. But I I really I'm really enjoying it, and frankly, look forward to you know jumping back in. Hey, honey, can you play some Diablo. You know, what's my Diablo fix? You got any more of that Diablo? <laughs> nice. I uh, I remember I, I I haven't played Diablo three but I played uh, Diablo two when it came out on uh-huh. my uh, computer and uh, yeah it's a it's a time sink you know uh, and it done you know it doesn't it doesn't have the kind of creativity that a great uh, dungeon master might have sure 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 uh, but. You know, in that sometimes you sometimes you just need to kill kobolds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you sometimes a goblin's just got to take one in the puss, yeah. and uh, yeah. so so yeah. So that uh, I think Diablo really kind of uh, fits in that uh, in that category. So uh, that's it fun. It's therapeutic, and I like exploring and going. What's down here? Oh, there's a creepy cellar. Let's go down here. Um, a, a good friend of ours, uh, Brandy's old roommate, uh, when she lived in 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 Reno, uh, Stephen, uh, he, he tells a funny story where they were playing Diablo 1, I think, on the PC. And um, they were going through this room, and, and Stephen was playing by himself. Randy wasn't around. And he, he looks into this room, and it's all red. And he, he thought to himself, ooh, a carnival. Why, why he would think that, I don't know. But he goes into the room, and of course, it's like the room of the butcher, this horrible character. with a, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the walls are red because it's covered in blood. And he's screaming, and he's being chased by the butcher. So anyway, ooh, a carnival. That would, that's, kind of, that's kind of our, our mantra. We're like, ooh, you think there's a carnival in there? Let's go. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to use that now. Look, it's a carnival. Let's walk in there. The first time the first time anybody runs into the butcher room, uh, it is it's it, it is intentionally uh, terrifying. So uh, 
Hey, I'm going to recommend to you uh-huh. that there are some games that you can play on um, on. Uh, is it a PlayStation or an Xbox? Xbox. Xbox. Uh, you should you should double check and look because uh, in the 90s, uh-huh. and I, I believe they're now backwards compatible, so you can play them. There were some great horror games, cool. uh, and the one that you want to check out is Silent Hill. Oh yes, I've heard. Okay, okay. It does. Yes. It does not. It's, uh, it's not a Twitch game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not one where you have to do something super fast or everything dies. Uh, it, it it works on mood and atmosphere. And, nice. And uh, and there's some genuinely creepy. What was that? What was that kind of moments? Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, once you guys get your fill of Diablo, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, give that a give that a look. See. We uh, also on that Xbox that my son has is the, is a Friday the Thirteenth game, which is one of the last uh, Friday the Thirteenth related merchandise items that were produced was produced before the whole lawsuit froze everything Friday the Thirteenth, uh, and it's great. It's it's a loving recreation of many of the sets and 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 barns and rooms and cabins from the from the movie series. Oh, that's fine. And and you could either play as a counselor. Or you could choose to play as Jason. And if you're Jason, you're hunting them down. And if you're a counselor, of course, you're trying to get away. Um, and it's a lot of fun because you get to um, uh, you know, try to find um, uh, the, the car keys in one cabin and go find the car. And, of course, there's no gas in it. So you got to go get gas to put in the car. The, the, the object is to leave Crystal Lake, to, to leave the camp. If you leave the camp, you're alive. You make it. And, of course, as Jason, your job is to kill them all. <laughs> and, um, and you could choose different looks of Jason. You could have a part three Jason or a part two baghead Jason. Or, oh, you know, that's you fun. Could, that's fun. It's a, yeah, it's neat. And Jason sets traps. You can put bear traps in different places. You know, it, it's it's a it's a nice – and you could it's an online game too, so you can play with strangers online, which is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, video games, I'm, I'm really digging it. And, and I, I'm, I'm pleased that I've, you know, kind of returned to the fold as it were. Still, by the way, terrible at them. Right. <laughs> well, and, and that's part of the fun. I mean, if, yeah. if you're if you're terrible at video games and you're playing with a, a just playing with a bunch of people that are really good at it, that's not as fun. Right. But if you're just sitting there playing with yourself or you know uh, uh, you know what I mean um, <laughs> <laughs> with with your wife or whatever, then it's fun. There's a whole other show there, buddy. Yeah, whole... it is. And remember, yeah. students, if you can't be an athlete, at least you can be an athletic supporter. Good night, everybody. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I have been playing, uh, and I played when it first came out, um, and and recently now it has been picked up uh, independently by little private servers. City of Heroes, oh, yes. which I'm trying to convince Mark to jump back into because Mark's like, oh yeah, man, I remember City of Heroes. I'm like, well, dude, get on there. Uh, it's called Homecoming. Is the name of the of the server. It's easy to install, and then you jump in and you start playing the game again. That was very popular back in like the early two thousands, um, and it it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I sometimes it, I'm up late at night. I have insomnia. I can't sleep, and I'll just start creating tunes. Also, creating alts, and they give you a hundred slots. You can create a hundred characters if you want. <laughs> And so, guess what? I'm doing my best to fill up that hundred slots. Um, oh, where, like, okay. oh, I, were, I, I have a concept for a, a character, and you get on there and you create them. Oh, I, I just thought of something last night, and then you get on there, and it's so much fun. You run around with people and and beat up bad guys, and and I love superheroes. And and like Mark said, what it makes me because it's a it's limited gameplay. Obviously, any mm-hmm. video game is going to be, 
but it puts me in the mood to run a superhero game yeah. for me to GM a superhero game for a bunch of friends. Um, because yeah, I got a taste of it. Now I want, I want a, a richer experience. I want to go in there and really play a superhero game. Oh, okay. Um, as an early MMO, uh, City of Heroes was, I think, the third one to market, and uh, it had the distinction of being a superhero game at a time when everybody was playing EverQuest. Right. So, so the the architecture is is similar. You have character classes. You know, instead of fighter and thief, you are a tank or a scrapper, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, what? Uh, but it did actually. Uh, it did scratch an itch that was absolutely absent. And uh, one of the things that uh, was the, the, probably the best thing about City of Heroes was the online community, the community, the online community was, was, was nice. They were genuine. They were giving, everybody was here because we wanted to be superheroes. Yep. Nobody was here because we wanted to be jerks. And so there wasn't farming or camping. If you, if you put out a call for help, someone would come and help you. It was really, and, and actually I've met some people on the guardian server that I'm still friends with to this day. Absolutely. Uh, wow. So, so yeah, it was a cool, cool game. Well, uh, Mark, Mark, jump on there and 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 run around with us. We're, we're having a <laughs> we're having a great time. I'm serious. We're having will, such a good time. I'll, I'll consider it. My the right. the uh, the computer that would best be useful for that is actually in the theater right now. So um, I'd have to I'd have to go to work to do it. So we'll see. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I think we did. Uh, Aaron, I think you're up, my friend. Uh, for what? Oh, well, I, I just talked about a show I like. I mean, a, a game I like. Are we about, about back to shows? Oh, I didn't realize. I thought you were tagging onto mine. No, no, I'm sorry. That's cool. If that's oh, that, that, was, that was me. That was me adding. Oh, cool. Okay, here's here's one of the things I'm doing. Oh, good. Okay, pandemic. yeah. No, no. Yeah, I'm playing the City of Heroes. And I like your posts on that, by the way. When I when you you go, hey, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who uses an axe, or yes. you know, <laughs> I did I did one that could change into all the universal monsters. I'm like, that's awesome. Oh yeah, and, and that's the fun thing, right? So one of the things you can do with one character is that you can become different incarnations. Your powers aren't aren't different, but what you look like can be very different. Yeah, and so costumes. right, and so I thought, well, let me use the costume change for more than just costume changes. What yeah. if it's like a multiform? What if what if the same basic attack, okay, I have, it's called Savage Melee. I can claw people, mm-hmm. but I can turn into Dracula or the Wolfman or the Mummy or Frankenstein because they basically all kill people the same way. Hand yeah. to hand, they throttle them. So I did that. I created a character called Mr. Gothic and he can <laughs> turn into different uh, universal monsters. And immediately you get, I mean, people would go like, oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Can yeah. you turn into the mummy? Yeah, hang on. Boom, I turn into the mummy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Can you turn into the bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, hold on. Bram. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so you do, you just, how do you, how do you get the, like the, the likeness, I guess. I mean, do you do you program it to look? I mean, I, I don't understand no, that. It's all, yeah, it's all done with just models and and costume choices that they have. So, I mean, oh, it's I see. as close an approximation okay. as okay. I can get to the Wolfman and Frankenstein yeah. and that okay. kind of stuff. Right? I, I it, my, like, my Frankenstein doesn't look like Karloff. It, yeah. It's more the the huge, long-haired, wearing the black coat with scars gotcha. on his face and, okay. you know, that kind of stuff. But, but it's, it, it looks it's very cool. cool. 
it's a pretty rob- it's a pretty robust costume creator. So yeah, it is. You can spend hours doing nothing but designing costumes. I mean, <laughs> it literally can become like a paper doll thing. Where oh look, I want to try a different look. So it's really cool. I like it. I like it. All right, uh, Mark. Well, my game playing is a little more analog. Uh, I have been uh, running a D&D campaign for the staff at the plaza here for a while now. And uh, Vernon is sort of uh, three days from anywhere. And so we have not had the same sort of strictures on us that uh, some of the other towns have had. So uh, I have been uh, keeping the kids at arm's length, and we have been just tearing up the D and D, which nice. has been nice. which has been a lot of fun. And uh, I've been, uh, of course, I for a lot of the guys, I'm their first DM. So oh. you know, as far as they are concerned, I am a genius, right? Um, <laughs> which is great, but I've. We recently they recently had to go through a, a city or a little port town. They're they're looking for some uh, pieces of of armor and weapons that are going to make the Mariner, which is going to be an incarnation of Poseidon. And uh, so they were sent to this port town that's been under a curse. And uh, I got to play hags, which nice. was so I got I I, I sent hags after them, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was a that was big fun because it's very easy to gross out uh, a 21 year old by just saying she looks really old like <laughs> like like 40 you know 40 <laughs> 45 and they're like 45 I don't even know what that is yeah it's great it was, it was how is awesome. she walking around exactly it's Methuselah <laughs> So so when I had them skitter up the shipwreck side of the ship like spiders, uh, they all visibly shuddered like Homer Simpson being handed a a chick tract, um, which was really great. So uh, I've just been working on that. I've been doing a lot of – in fact, I'm out of content. They're caught up, so I need to do the next piece of thing with them. And I'm doing that in between uh, what I've been working on for uh, my – the, the kickstart thing that I sent out in February, which was the Monty Hall uh, zine for zine quest on Kickstarter. Uh, the, the project funded and uh, I, I took a lot of the stuff that I've been uh, writing over the years for my, for my game. Some of, uh, some of which was pulled directly out of my old campaigns. And then the rest of it uh, was, was stuff that I came up with along the way. And so I've been, um, Working on that and getting that ready to to go. So that's been that's been a lovely diversion. Oh, and uh, I've been wrangling artists and uh, writing uh, writing up new archetypes and all sorts of stuff for D and D fifth edition. Uh, so so the so the zero issue is out now. Mm-hmm. If you go to uh, if you go to Mark the Aging Hipster, uh, or if you go to um, uh, RPG confessions at blogspot. You, you can find me talking about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a link there to that. And so I, I'm about to get to Monty Hall's, uh, number one. Oh yeah. That was the name of the zine, Monty Hall. I figured, mm. you know, that's, All that's, right. that, that's how, you know, I'm over 40 is right. I know what Monty Hall means. Yes. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, issue one's going to be out in June and I'm, I'm, uh, doing, uh, writing and layout for that right now. So it's been, that's, that's kept me out of the pool halls. Uh, <laughs> fun. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah. And and my, my son, I mentioned him earlier, uh, he's been doing online D&D with his friends during this whole quarantine at home thing. So nice. he's he's dived into that. And I introduced Dungeons and Dragons to my son when he was, I think, in the sixth grade going to St. Ignatius. And the, the, the principal of St. Ignatius was a and er And he led us into the teacher's lounge to play on the weekend. So we would play Dungeons and Dragons in the Catholic school teacher's lounge. Uh, by God, how far we've come. Um, you know, are, the, with, is, are they playing fifth edition? They we actually started out doing um it wasn't fifth edition. It was an it was I wanted to play like, you know, red box. I wanted to go old, old, old school. And the kids enjoyed that, but they wanted something a little bit more. Because the problem with paying like the third edition, I think we tried to do third edition. I I don't remember, frankly, but it was there wasn't a whole lot of action. It was like a lot of calculations and math and, and the, the, the combat just didn't flow. And I was like, this is not how I remember it. I remember combat flowing a little bit better than that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So so I think we we went to an old it was called it was like a role-playing basic rule set. It wasn't necessarily Dungeons and Dragons. It was Dungeons and Dragons, but it was uh, a classic version of that. Cool. And we adapted it. Um, I don't know what my son is playing now. He might be playing fifth edition because they're doing it online. So if uh, if you want, I will send you a copy of Monty Hall Zero. It's got seventy-two pages of stuff in it. Oh. Uh, it's got a bunch of new options and some critical hit tables and some fun yeah. stuff like that. Uh, remind, uh, remind me and I'll send it to you and you can take and you can forward it to him and say, yeah. hey, here's some stuff for your game if you want it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Um, I my, my next one, folks, I really I really debated on whether or not to share this. It, it is not something I'm very proud of, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I did it. And because you are listening public means so much to me. Uh, and as your emotional touchstone, I wanted to be as honest and forthright as I possibly could. I binged <sighs> Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, <laughs> and Madness. Uh, could not stop. It was like watching a train wreck, a, a car accident. Um, the schadenfreude was so palpable. I, I literally, I mean, I... I jaw dropping from episode to episode where i would just oh. like it can't get crazier it just did holy mo are you kidding me with this now okay now we're settling it what the hell i mean it yeah. is i'm sure by now everyone has heard of joe exotic and the story uh of the tiger king um about the zookeeper that netflix released it's a true crime seven-episode documentary, if you will, uh, with the real people and real footage. Oh, goodness. Joe Exotic is quite the character. Um, it's a, it's, it's a it deeply interconnected society of big cat conservationists and collectors. Big cat collectors in America are the weirdest group of people you will ever meet. These are the guys that run the private zoos and the sanctuaries. And and, and, and Joe Exotic uh, had a zoo in Oklahoma. And his decades-long feud with that bitch Carol Baskin, who had a <laughs> big cat rescue in Tampa, Florida. Um, and and it, long story short, Exotic is currently in prison for trying to hire an assassin to kill Carol Baskin, his his longtime rival and nemesis. But that's not the meat of this. The meat of this is no. these people. His Joe Exotic, by the way, not his given name. Surprise, Joe Exotic. Um, is a very interesting human being. I, I just, I, 
oh, how, how, I don't even know how to begin. He's he's a he's 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 wow. I can't even put it in words, frankly, because he really is a unique human being. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I, I don't like to get into his, his personal life, but but you, you're you're watching these people follow this Ed Wood like character around. He gathers all these misfits and drug users and 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 losers. I'll be honest, they're losers. But he takes them in. He gives them a job. They all work together. This one woman who worked for him got her arm ripped off by a tiger and is back there working for him, uh, you know, in, in, in the series. And, you know, she is with one arm. And I'm just like, wow, that's wow. That's something else, you know, um, drugs, a lot of drugs, sex cults, uh, uh, seducing straight men into gay sex. Carol Baskin and her crazy. Uh, what happened to her husband? Did she feed her husband to tigers? I mean, it's that literal insanity. It makes me happy that I'm as weird as I am because as weird as I am, I am nowhere near as Oh, you're so as vanilla. These, you're as, so as basic. <laughs> oh my God, you're so basic. Just, you you are you are paint drying. You are spare you, parts compared to these guys. Have you have either of you seen any of this? I gotta tell you, there is a song by uh, the by the son of Larry McMurtry, James McMurtry is a songwriter, singer, and he is uh, he's absolutely absolutely a treasure. He's one of the greatest songwriters in the country, living today. He has a song called "Write This Down," Choctaw Bingo. Okay, Choctaw Bingo. And if you if you there's a live version of it, and then there's a um, uh, there's a there's a studio version of it. Find the live version of it because okay. he he starts the song. With the following introduction, this okay. here's a song about the n southern Oklahoma, northern Texas crystal methamphetamine industry. And then one, two, three, four, and then it goes into it, right? Right. That whole song is Tiger King. Oh, no. Okay. It's, All right. it's everybody that would be interested in something like that. It's everybody mm -hmm. that's involved with something like that. It oh, is goodness. this. And maybe not, maybe not in the in, in literally the, those guys, but it, definitely in the spirit of those guys. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I, I absolutely think that this is um, people have people have complained about the excess, and they've yeah. complained about uh, how unfair it is that people are being mean to Carol Baskin online right now. Right. Right. And my this is my answer to that. This is America. Yeah. In the yeah. same way that an army is only as fast as its slowest unit. Yeah. We are only as smart as our dumbest people. Yeah. And the the amount of of hubris, the amount of delusion, the amount of entitlement, yeah. the amount of 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 compartmentalization and the amount of uh of of insanity mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. this that this thing lays bare is something that we have got to address as a nation if we're ever going to get to jetpacks and food pills. I just as I think it's, it's so niche, you know. I mean, it, it's deep, deep, deep. I, I've never even I've never even heard of anything like this. No, so because that's you're why a I'm... normal person on planet Earth. <laughs> You're you're a human yeah. who pays his taxes and loves right. people. Right, right, yeah, yeah. No, that's, well, I, I hate to break it to you, gentlemen, but if there's any more proof that we are headed towards Morlocks and Eloy mm. than this, I can't I can't think of any. 
this proves definitively that there's going to be Morlocks and there's going to be Eloy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to say you're a time waster, man. I'm as far as like, I've got nothing to do. Okay, this Netflix been pushing it. I'll check it out. Watch the first episode and we're just like, well, I, I got to keep going. <laughs> I, well, it, I has got become, it has become a national obsession. I mean, people yeah. talk are talking about it on social media all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and it, as, it is, it, and, and you guys morning, might have already said this, but it, it is the kind of show that you watch to basically feel better about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As of this morning, there is an epilogue. There's an eighth episode that just yeah. dropped this morning. Oh, and uh, Kathy and I have decided that we're going to watch it only when we're in the right emotional space because I got to tell you something. The show upset Kathy. It yeah. really bothered her. Uh, and it bothered her in the way that um, you would – it bothered her in the way that German experimental films about uh, slaughterhouses would yeah. bother somebody. It's like, <laughs> why would they make this? Why, yeah. would, why would somebody put the camera on this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so, is, I, it is – it is – it is – I'm telling you, it is – it, when people say, I don't understand why folks from other countries hate us, yeah. Tiger King is why they hate us. That, <laughs> there's, not that it exists, but the people in it. Yeah. This, this guy yeah. that had to, that had to, uh, that, 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 that thought he could, that, that, that felt like he merited a show. Yeah. That, 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 that pushed himself off as this uh, magician and, and country singer. And it's just, I mean, this willful delusion. You just, you don't know. Oh God. So willful ignorance and hubris. I mean, just in, in bucket loads. Um, you, you said it absolutely correctly. There is, there's a level of, I cannot believe these people exist and thank God I'm not one of them. Um, and and it is, it's sad too, because there's a lot of, these are real humans. These aren't characters. They're real people. And not to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it, but there is a, a moment in, in this, in this documentary series where somebody dies accidentally, not on camera, just off camera. But you see the reaction of somebody who witnesses it on yeah. camera, yeah. and he's frozen. And at first, I thought they froze the the image, but then I noticed the time clock kept ticking, and yeah, he was no, just he, yeah, he yeah. was frozen in horror and shock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I was just like, oh, you know what? That my heart goes out to 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 the families and those people and everyone involved in this nonsense. And good God Almighty. There's got to be, a, 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 at our core, we're good people. I believe it. I'm naive. I, I admit it. I believe that humans are good at their core. But some of these people, I just I shake my head. There's a there's a, a meme that's going around with, um, um, what's the character on SNL that, um, you know, the one who talks about the uh, 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 the nightclubs. He says, this place has everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yes. Uh, I love that uh, character. Stefan. Stefan. Yes. yes. And, and he's saying, Tiger King has everything. Tigers, lions, murder, a gay redneck throuple, a one-armed lesbian, alligator arson, mullets, pizza made from expired Walmart meat, a zoo-based <laughs> sex cult, a crazy cat lady, and country songs about tigers and gay love. And and that, you know, yeah, that's all true. Yeah, that's all true. Sums it up. Sums yeah. it up right there. Well, I, and I, I, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, if you all think less of me now, but I did, in fact, binge Tiger wow. King. I will tell you, I, I what triggered me on this whole thing was it's somewhere in between episode three and four that he that Joe Exotic 
first says it this way, and and ordinarily we bleep the heavy stuff, but you'll understand why this doesn't need to be bleeped. He is he is ranting about something, and he's walking away from the camera, and he says, uh, "If you're gonna come out here, motherfucker!" And as soon as I heard that, the way that he said it, motherfucker, where you where you bounce the second sil- the second word, and you hit the fu, and and you kind of and you and you kind of come, I don't know what it why why are these people always nasal? You ever wonder yeah. about that? Nobody's yeah. got a, no, none of these guys ever have a baritone. It's always right, right up in hair like this, talking straight <laughs> out the nostrils. Yeah. Uh, but that's when it hit me like, that's oh, a really, that's a really uncanny, accurately uh, uh, impression of. That's, of well, it's the guy I've been doing my whole life because we've all heard that guy. Yes. <laughs> if you grew up in any town, if you ever drove through any town in Texas with less than a hundred thousand people, that guy pumped your gas mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or gave you directions on how to yeah. avoid the cornfield and get back on the interstate. I mean, you know, and and the thing about it that just just slays me is that, you know, obviously he had a kind of a charisma. He had a certain amount of, I won't say wherewithal, but he had a certain amount of acumen Mm -hmm. where he could have done, if he'd have done any one thing and just said this, like, I'm going to stay in my lane and do this one thing. Mm-hmm. He, he would have been all right. He would, have been, he would have been that colorful guy that you know. Yeah. Oh, you know he's a magician. Oh, is he really? Wow, I had no idea. Or, or you know he runs a, 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 an exotic animal zoo? No kidding. Yeah. But, but, but the more of that that he just – the more of the, his own Kool-Aid that he drank, yeah. Uh, yeah. the more delusional he became. You're, you're right about that, and, and that's why I mentioned an Ed Wood-like uh, grouping yes. of, of misfits and, and, and losers. Totally. That were led by this Pied Piper uh, that that you know created this persona about himself. All right, so enough about Joe Exotic. Um, I would like to, to, to. I need to go and wash my hands now. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's 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 move on. Aaron, yeah. I, I believe I believe the floor is yours, sir. Uh, okay, so uh, another series that um, I am watching religiously that I just absolutely love and have loved from the moment it launched is Westworld. Mm. Um, this, this season in particular, you know, if you haven't watched Westworld at all, then start, you know, absolutely worth it. Uh, the first season is phenomenal. Uh, second season. Okay. You know, I, I saw what they were trying to do. It gets into the weeds a little bit more, but this third season is making uh, that, that second, this, this seems like the third act of the second act of, of Westworld. And it is out in the real world, and it is having amazing impact on on the reality that 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 universe creates. And and it's wonderful. It's worth it. Uh, wow. Performances are always outstanding. Um, where they're going with the story is amazing. Uh, it's all about identity and and fate. And can you control your fate? And 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 if you, the more you know, does it change what you're going to do? How does it change you? How does information affect you? Does it liberate you? Does it does it put you in a prison? Uh, all of these themes that are explored are just so timely and so wonderful. I cannot recommend this series enough. Wow. Westworld on HBO. You must watch it. I uh, I-, I loved the first season. I couldn't get through the second season, so I may have to to, to try to pick it up again. Yeah. But I just I, I just the second season lost me. I'll be honest. I, I need to go back and 
and, and try it, again. It, it, gets, it gets a little too heady for its own good, I think. Yeah. The, the yeah. second season just tries to explore. It, it, it bites off more than it can, than it can chew. Uh, third season, however, is a lot more streamlined, and the story is a lot more simple. You see where they're going with it. Yeah. Um, and so far, it's been it's been a joy to watch. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. I love it. Um, Mark, what you well, got, man? I have uh, – th- this is uh, something I'm going to go ahead and jump in because uh, I feel we may end up going to bullets, and I want I want a little time to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. I stumbled across something that has changed – my mental space in the way that when you uh, when your pillow is flat and you hit it and rearrange the pillow fluff like it feels better and and that thing is Letterkenny on Hulu. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dianetics. I well it it it, it feels like what Dianetics should feel like if it wasn't okay. a sham and a uh, fake religion. Yes. Oh my lord. Letterkenny. Uh, Letterkenny uh, is uh, it's on Hulu, and you can find some uh, you can find the the concept stuff on YouTube if you do a search under Letterkenny problems. It's about a small town in Canada. Uh, a, a community of 5,000 people. It's a farming community. Uh, the groups are largely broken up into the following categories. Okay. Uh, hicks, skids, which is the uh, alt-slash-goth group, um, Christians, and hockey players. <laughs> and it is... I'll, I'll tell you, it is, it is, it is halfway between... Uh, Canadian King of the Hill and Canadian South Park. Oh, my goodness. It is brilliant. It is now, let me just say this again out loud filthy dirty. Don't, it's, and that's one word filthy dirty. It's uh, <laughs> the language that comes out of their mouths and the things that they talk about are so uh, sexually promiscuous. If you have a problem, with extended conversations about uh, pee-pees and ho-hos and tutus and, and whatchamacallits, <laughs> then this is probably not for you. But uh, for those of you that do not have such compunctions and are not turned off by a cavalcade of F-bombs, this may well be the most brilliantly written show currently on television. Oh, my God. It huh. is. It is a. It is dialogue porn. Okay? okay. If you for for if you're a writer and you love the way language collides, uh, coming off of characters, mm-hmm. this this is a masterclass in how they've taken this this incredibly dense jargon in this vernacular and shoehorned it into the everyday. Yeah. Now, uh, and and here's the deal. Uh, did you guys ever see a movie called Free Enterprise? It's about these two kids that meet William Shatner in a porno store, and and what? decide to make a movie with him. No, there's a, there's it's Free Enterprise. It's 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 a minor uh, flawed masterpiece, worth a look. But there's a there's a couple of scenes in Free Enterprise where the kids are speaking to each other and they're using nothing but dialogue from other movies. Now okay. we do this all the time. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Uh, instead of if somebody gets online and says, "Oh no," instead of saying, "What happened?" You go, "What did you do, Ray?" You know, because yeah, yeah. 
Right. You see that kind of thing. Well, so this is how these guys talk. They speak in this in in this melange of hockey slang, uh, Canadian uh, redneck patois. Um, it is absolutely brilliant. Wow. You, uh, and and I've, I here's the deal. I've rewatched several of these episodes multiple times and it's still funny and I'm, I get more of it each time. Uh, I almost don't want to tell you anything more about it than that, but yeah. I'll, let me just, it's it, the, the, the gist of it is it's, it focuses on the Hicks, uh, Wayne and Katie are siblings. They live on a farm. They have, uh, a produce stand and, uh, Wayne's friends, Daryl or Derry and, um, uh, uh, Pete or squirrely Pete. Uh, hang out all the time with him, and it's about the stuff that happens what they get up to. Sometimes it's Katie's boyfriend's coming over, and they'll get out of the car, and the two of and 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 Wayne and Daryl will just start this um, to weave this tapestry of shit talking, mm. the likes of which I've never heard in my life. It is it is so brilliant. Uh, the show is hyper masculine. But yeah. it's but it is not toxic. In fact, uh, the women in town have got this peculiar agency about them that is fascinating. Um, yeah. I'm telling you, it, it's not for everybody. But it, but as people who appreciate language, and as people who appreciate, um, uh, especially if you've grown up in a small town. I mean, I, I've uh, I've lived in several small Texas towns, and I can tell you right now, there's an allegory. For just about everybody in Vernon, in Letterkenny, you know, I mean, like I see people that I, every single person on the show of Letterkenny has come to my theater at one time or another and talked to me about Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. that kind of uh, mm. uh, Letterkenny. It's that, okay. Letterkenny. It's that kind of resonant. The guy that um, the the guy that plays Wayne is the show's creator and writer, uh -huh. okay. and uh, so it is. Um, uh, it's just it's just fascinating. And, and Kathy hates uh, the kind of filthy, dirty talk that's in the show yeah. and has and has managed to stomach it. And now our our day to day conversations, the language is starting to filter in. Not 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 the not the filthy stuff, but the uh -huh. but the but the 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 sayings and the way that they do stuff. It's it's really infectious the way that they talk. And uh, so. So, yeah, I. Uh, uh, there's seven seasons. They're short. They're 20. They're less than 30 minutes long each and each okay. season, seven episodes long. And there's eight of them. So, okay. so, so yeah, I would recommend watching one a day, watch one a day. Okay. And then you can go do something else. Okay. Uh, but if you watch one a day, you know, you can space them out. If you have, if you, if you really get into it, you can watch one season a day and, and that'll still take a week, but, but man, they're great. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Letter Kenny on Hulu. I have okay. never heard of it and I'm, I know. I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Um, to wrap up, uh, I know we got a couple more each. Uh, I'll treat, I'll do this one really quick. I, um, I've been making models, been building model kits. Uh, I, I have a stockpile of um, styrene plastic models, many of which I um, already own. 
uh, built and displayed, but I gathered them because my initial plan was to do a model party, was to have a bunch of friends over and we all build models and sit around. Uh, never got around to it, just had a big stack of models sitting here. But there were a couple that I always had my eye on. Um, uh, the Grim Reaper, the Ghost of Castle Mare. Um, there's a Gigantix Rampaging Scorpion Diorama model kit that I want to get my hands back on that I haven't had since I was a kid. Um, and Rodan, I've got a great Rodan model. Um, oh, nice. And these are all, you know, repops from the Auroras. They're none, none of them are originals. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have uh, my originals are the ones that are built and displayed in my collection. But um, uh, these are all repops. Anyway, I've really enjoyed it. And and my wife Brandy has joined me now. We have a little modeling table, and she's working on a Michael Myers model from Halloween. I'm working on the Grim Reaper, appropriate. Um, and we're just having a good time. I will say that my first time ever building a styrene plastic model kit and using acrylic paint water-based acrylic paint uh, on the model kit. Usually I use the oil-based, you know, testers with the thinner and the strong odor. Um, just that how it's always been. That's the way God intended it. But uh, I belong to a couple of modeling groups online, and they've been sharing some of the amazing results that they've been getting using acrylics. Uh, it blends better. It's easier to, to shade. It's water-based, like I said, so it's a cleanup is a snap. Um, and it, it it's really is a lot of fun and it's really a, a, a new experience using these acrylics so i'm really having a good time um modeling is a is a, a hobby of patience um, you can slap together a model kit in an hour and paint it and be happy with it but you know i i tend to go a little slower because i want to make sure that every seam is filled with putty and sanded down i want to make sure that uh, it's got a nice base coat of paint that sits for 24 hours before i continue to paint on it and uh, things like that. So that's just me. I'm 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 that way. Uh, but I've enjoyed it. And apart from making a jigsaw puzzle, building a a a, a three dimensional model kit uh, of um, you know Rodan or or Frankenstein's monster or the mummy uh, makes me happy. And I like being happy right now. Nice. There you go. That's very good. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Aaron, you got another? Uh, well, uh, I've always enjoyed cooking. Uh, and you know, even when there's it wasn't a pandemic, like like you were saying, Joseph, I want, we, I build models even when there's not a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, same thing. But one of the things that this pandemic has sort of put me in the mood for um, is to look for recipes where it's the it's the I got to empty my my pantry kind of game. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to buy anything else. I'm not going to buy any additional groceries until. I've gone through everything in my fridge and everything in my pantry. You know, like, okay, let's see, I've got a can of cream of mushroom soup. I've got these peas. I've got, and so taking various elements that are just scattered through your pantry. Oh, look, I got this whole box of, of macaroni shells, whatever it is. Right. And, and then you get online and you look up different recipes and you try different things and you try to go through that. You try to empty your pantry and fridge. Okay. Before filling it back up again, um, I'm, I'm actually having a good time doing that. It's just, it's amazing what you will try to 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 mix <laughs> when when you're going. Huh? Should I really should I really put this old can of of palm of artichoke hearts with this <laughs> with this with this can of baked beans? Hmm. Right, right. But but it's fun. It's fun. So that's what's that's the, kind what's, of, what's the most unusual? Well, I say unusual. What's the most uh, out there dish you put together and, and was it tasty? 
Uh, well, I haven't I haven't gotten really desperate yet. I still have plenty of stuff in there, so I'm putting stuff that makes sense. Like I'm making variations on 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 tuna and and variations on casseroles, and but but I'm gonna get down to like okay, I've got a can of baked beans, I got a can <laughs> of I got a bottle of artichoke hearts, I've got a, and I'm gonna well, what can I do with this? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably make it into some kind of soup. I imagine soup seems to be the default. You just put yeah. a big vat of water, you dump things into it, and you let it mm. simmer for, you know, a couple of hours. Right. Um, and then my my friends and I, we called that man food. Man that, food. Was the, that, was the, that was the ability to uh, summon food from foodlessness. Uh, and uh, and it's it's what it's a skill that most men uh, are bequeathed when they first leave home. Yeah. It comes upon them like an awakening. You know, the sleeper is awakened, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know how to do stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah. but isn't it fun, Mark? It's like it's like you you literally you have okay. I'm looking at these seven ingredients, and these aren't really ingredients that should go together. I wonder right. like how can I make this work? Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you will also learn. That anything, anything cooked together will go good on a bed of rice. You know, you yeah. just cook some <laughs> rice yeah. and you just, you put, you pour whatever you concoction you've made yeah. and throw a little bit of garlic in there and throw a little bit of, of oregano in there and voila, you know, voila. you suddenly got something, nice. something edible. We so that's a, what I've been doing. We Create had a noodle cooking. thing. Uh, we had a noodle thing on Sunday and I said to Kathy, this got me through a semester of college. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah, Tuna Surprise. Tuna Surprise used to be one. And, and then oh, sure. got to where Elena loved it. It's, it's basically just a box of macaroni and cheese, a can of cream of mushroom soup, uh, some peas, uh, a can of tuna fish, uh, and then some various spices. And yep. you cook all that together and you put some salt and pepper and get a little bit of oregano. And it's like suddenly it's this yummy little scoopable casserole in a bowl. And Elena loved it. Elena's like, Dad, Dad, please make tuna surprise. Tuna and she's surprise. like, why? Yeah, she's like, why is it tuna surprise? I said, because it's a surprise and it tastes good every time I make <laughs> yeah. this. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised it's not killing us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it just reminds me, and it's not the same thing, but it sort of reminds me of drunk food. You know, when yes. you come home late at night and you open yes. up the pantry and there's nothing there and you go, well, that sounds like a good idea. And, it, and you're drunk, so you, you put together things you probably shouldn't and you eat them and you go, well, I got to put something on my stomach. You know, I got to, the logic in your brain is like, well, I gotta soak up this alcohol somehow. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this this jar of dill pickles and and make a pickle sandwich with a yeah. you know two pieces of two, two crackers and a pickle. I'll just eat that. You know, it seems <laughs> yeah. like a good idea I've, at the time. I've, I've got ramen, a bottle of olives, some oysters, <laughs> and, and, and and two scoops of peanut butter from the crackers. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I think that's Thai food, isn't it? Yeah, that's Thai, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. We'll, we'll call it again, Thai. Again, it helped you, you. You absolutely, folks, you don't just throw this all together in a pot and cook it. You get online, you type in the ingredients that you have, and then you put recipe, and then you get, <laughs> so you can, you can create a something with a peanut sauce from peanut that's butter. Like, that's like a slot machine. Yeah, that's, yes. like, that's, like, that's like man food bingo. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, and, and it's, it, it is, you will surprise yourself with, with the yummy things you can concoct uh, by just throwing these jumble, this word salad, this food salad in there, and then seeing what comes out the other end. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, 
Mr. Finn, let well, me the floor is yours. I'm going to uh, I'm going to take it down a notch. We've been having big fun with the tigers and the man food and all the uh, huffing uh, airplane glue and all that good stuff. Uh, a few uh, several years ago, uh, I uh, I went through a, a bad patch and uh, uh, got some help. Uh, Got some, uh, got some counseling. Uh, put myself on an antidepressant, and uh, one of the things that I did uh, at this time was, uh, and, and it kind of coincided with Kathy's uh, cancer diagnosis. I started uh, journaling, and uh, I specifically wow. used a system called the Bullet Journal. Uh-huh. Um, I have been doing that ever since, and I have found. That uh, the bullet journal uh, is doing this really great thing. Uh, I'll let you guys Google it. There's a couple of really great, easy tutorials. In fact, if you want to go to my website, Mark the Aging Hipster at Blogspot, you can find uh, there's a there's an article called Bullet Journaling is Saving My Ass. And I've got links. I've got links in there to uh, several of the things that got me sort of started on it. And also, it talks about how I started bullet journaling for pennies on the dollar, as opposed to, well, you have to buy this special pen and this bloody, you know, uh, no, uh-uh. right. uh, especially because you don't know if it's going to stick or not. So, so buy cheap. And, and and if it works, then you can upgrade if you want to. But I haven't yet. I've, I'm still using the the Walmart. Um, composition books that uh that that brung me home you know they're great i love them anyways i have found that going into my bullet journal every day is doing this really cool thing of keeping me grounded mm-hmm. it, te- it, it, it 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 keeps me informed it tells me what day it is and it, and uh, even though i don't write down uh all the things i have to do anymore because uh, a lot of those were work related uh, I find that I do have certain things that I need to do during the day, and and making them making a bullet journal entry has been really helpful. And then using the bullet journal to write down ideas, and and sometimes just take a page, and write at the top the date, and then rant, and then just go off on whatever's bothering me. Um, <laughs> those kinds of things have have for me are very effective. I'm a language based person. I use language. Uh, I write, uh, I speak. Uh, and so for me, uh, a lot of my process is tied up in language. So, uh, there's a lot of times when you may read a blog post or you may read something on Facebook of mine that I've written. And, um, what that is, is a distillation of the three page, rant that I wrote where I went, you know what? A lot of this doesn't really count. A lot of this isn't fair. A lot of this doesn't, this is me. This is my reaction emotionally rather than like something that matters. And so, so the bullet journal in the same way that uh, sometimes you write a letter and then tear it up, you know, because you've said what you need to say, the bullet journal has been sort of, it continues to save my ass. Mm-hmm. And uh, just that daily check-in with the journal, and and that daily marking off of the things I need to do, and you know, making coloring in the little uh, squares when I do the things I'm supposed to do every day, mm-hmm. has been um, it's been a piece of normal 
in a set of really unusual circumstances. Uh, and so if you guys, if anybody out there has been thinking about doing bullet journaling or has been thinking about writing stuff down or journaling at all, I recommend this unreservedly. There's a, the guy that invented it has written a book about it, but, and, and the book is great, but you don't have to have the book to do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, go to markthegaginghipster.blogspot.com and uh, do a search or do a search online for Mark Finn, bullet journaling is saving my ass. And the, the, the thing will pop up and you can see I've got two or three links there to different articles that show you how to inexpensively get started on this. And, um, and I'll say this uh, final thing in passing. Uh, if you're a creative type, and and I'm, I know that my fellow nerds are very much that, this is not a planner. This is not a, a calendar. This is not – although it can be those things for you, what I have found the bullet journal to be is a way for me to map my brain. It lets me map my brain in a way that makes sense to me. Um I find that sometimes if I have an idea, it'll ping pong around in my head for days. But if I write it down and put a little note about what it is, then it goes away. And if it's all in one book, if it's all in my bullet journal, then I've got a, I've got a, a very simple organizational system that's the core of the bullet journal that shows me how to mark that so I can find it again. When I go, oh, what was the thing I wanted to do about uh, about a guy that's made entirely of different birds? And then I can go look, oh, story ideas. Oh, page 19. Got it. This is the one. So it's a way for me to, to take the way that I think and create and process and um, uh, free up the clutter of my brain, especially with everything that's going on, so that I can get back to thinking about other things. So um, – uh, yeah, there you go. That's the I, I the the bullet journaling has uh, once again been saving my ass. I like yeah. that. That's, that's really fantastic. Cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I I could never. I'm gonna look up bullet journaling because I, I I have a a journal that I write in at night and it's just like it's supposed to be two two sentences, two pages. I mean right. like like a sentence of your day. Uh, maybe just list some high points. I've been I, I'm so old school. I I still have a like a planner. And I still have a paper planner with a pen, and I know, I know, I know, but I guess I can't help it. I, it, it I, when I write it down, I help helps, helps me to remember, helps me to to, to put it all in perspective if I look oh, at totally. my week laid out, you know. Um, so this little thing I have is is basically I write one or two words. Hey, this is what I did. If, if it was nothing, I, I watched this movie, or I had this for dinner, or yeah. I, we sat outside and had a glass of wine, something like that, just to just to kind of put that day in perspective. And I save them. All those little sheets and stuff, all those little books from my planners, I've got them in a big box going all the way back to like 1992 was when I first started doing this. That's great. And and frankly, what I what I keep telling myself is one day when I'm old and doddering, I can turn to my son Edward and go, there's a box that's basically got my life in it if you want to look through it. Yeah. If you, if you don't, cool. But if you want to know what I was doing in the year 99, it's in there, you know. Well, um, this this may not be for you, Joseph, because mm -hmm. it sounds like you've got an, a system that's already in place. Um, this, uh, you know, for me, I've I've never been able to make a a, a, a day planner stick. Mm -hmm. And every time I get a journal, I find that I want to write stuff in it for a little while, and then I misplace it, and then I get another book and start a new thing, and blah blah sure. blah. Mm -hmm. The bullet journal is all in one place. Mm 
So I'm mm. only carrying one thing. Yeah. And and my bullet journal being a composition book is one of those like um, uh, it's like uh, seven by ten. You know, it's the kind of uh, thing that they use for like test essays in school. Yeah. 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 But 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 the but the but the recommended bullet journal is six by nine or, you know, kind of something a little bit smaller than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like the bigger size and I also like the squares. You can the, they there's a lot of different things. What it's nice. What's nice about this is it is. 100% customizable. That's so I have a she- so I have a sheet in my bullet journal for example that's got all the books that I'm read I've read. So I write down the date and the title and the author and what I liked about it and all that kind of stuff and and mm-hmm. that's all on one page. So nice. it just it's a, it's a way to sort of uh, for me uh again to bring order out of chaos if I can Go back to Ozark. Uh, yeah. My br- my brain has increasingly gotten scattered in the last four years for reasons that, geez, I have no idea why. But and so this has really helped. Um, I, I feel more like Mark mm-hmm. when I when I have this, and and I have felt more like Mark and felt like I was more in control of my thoughts. That's great. Uh, Win this, so so yeah. A um, lot of people online. Uh, there's a lot of great examples. And uh, one final warning: you're going to find when you start googling bullet journal, you're going to find some people that have done these like uh, what they call spreads. Oh, uh, that are gorgeous. That that look like animation cells from Disney artists. You're going to find stuff that's got pop outs. You're going to find this amazing cornucopia of just you've got to be kidding me yeah and uh what i found is is that it's possible that you look at that and go oh god i can't possibly do that and i'm going to read you something that i wrote in my first bullet journal to remind me that see for me uh, for for those people that's what they do and and that's not what i do so this is what i wrote I wrote this three years ago. Remember, you are not creating a work of art. Rather, you are mapping your brain and organizing your thoughts in doing so. Messy is okay. Save the good stuff, kick the rest. Use and refine what works and ditch what doesn't. This is not your only means of creative expression. It is a means to an end. It is not the end goal. It is a tool to be used, so use the hell out of it. And don't do a lot of this shit either. You are not Stuart Smalley. So, <laughs> right, yeah. So if any, if anybody uh, and if anybody would like to contact me if they they hear this and ask more about it, I'd be happy to talk to them about it. So, anyways, that's that's my. Uh, my thing. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm just going to wrap it up and and and, uh, and and throw one last thing into the mix. I think we each get one more, right? Yeah, if one my more. Sure. Correct. Okay, one more. And I'll make it quick because I know we're running a load on time and Maximilian is getting a little antsy here. Um, I started watching this series on Shudder called Cursed Films. And it's right now it's a five-episode series. They're short. But it examines um, the mythology around cursed films. Films, movies that may or may not be true. You may have heard of some of these, but uh, there's rumored curses or hexes on various films of satanic or demonic origin, like The Exorcist yeah. is supposed to have a curse on it. The Omen is supposed to have a curse on it. The multiple deaths involved in Poltergeist. Sometimes. Oh, I was going to ask you yeah, if they yeah, do yeah, Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah. Can you name, can, can you think of another one? I bet I bet you can get it. Amityville Horror. Uh, they haven't touched that one yet, but uh, there's two more in in this. Um, it, it, think of films that have had bad tragedies. And did, did, did you men- did you mention Poltergeist already? I did. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, so Poltergeist, uh, uh-huh. The Omen, uh, Twi- The Exorcist, 
the Twilight Zone movie? Bingo, that's another one. Okay. And then one more where there where the the, the it, it was traced back to a curse, not necessarily on this poor actor, but his father. Oh, oh um, yeah, I don't know. That would be the crow, Brandon. Oh, no, yes, 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 yes. Crow. Yeah, dude, I yeah. want to watch that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really good. They have, you know, they have the, the the requisite talking heads, and and some some of the experts are questionable, and some of the people who who talk witchcraft and 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 deviltry, you want to roll your eyes and go, yeah, whatever, hocus pocus, man. Um, you know, you <laughs> you, you have no power really. But at any rate. It's very fascinating. Um, the Poltergeist one was outstanding. Um, Craig Reardon, who did the special effects for Poltergeist, puts to bed the oft-repeated rumor that real human skeletons were used in the pool with Joe Beth Williams, and that's what caused Good. this curse. Good. Now, mind you, it's true because, you know, House on Haunted Hill, that's a real skeleton. Uh, yeah. Frankenstein, 1931, when Fritz runs into the skeleton— that's a real human skeleton yeah. because, you know, low budget films aren't going to sculpt a skeleton. They're going to go and buy medical skeletons and dress them up and put them in the pool. Right. So the, those were actual human skeletons that you could buy from India, you know, very cheaply. But the way he puts it is, you know, that it, it's a disservice to Heather O'Rourke and, uh, and and Miss Dunn, who was strangled by her boyfriend from Poltergeist One, to, to blame makeup on a on a skeleton, on a medical skeleton. Yeah, that's you know it's 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 horseshit. Um, so that was very refreshing uh, to to hear. But it's a it's a very fascinating series. It's called Cursed Films, and it's on Shudder. Nice. Yes. Good rack. Uh, all right, uh, Aaron, you got one more, my friend. Uh, okay, so um, show or something that I've done. Um, well, I, I'll I'll leave it on a on a maybe slightly more hopeful uh, note. Uh, I don't know if people consider this hopeful, but I've been watching a show and I've only seen two episodes, but it's called Tales from the Loop, hmm. and it is basically based on an art book uh, done by I I believe a, a Swedish author um, or a Swedish artist I should say, and he took a bunch of you know sort of very Americana kind of uh, 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 paintings or ideas, you know, the, the kids playing in the, in the field uh, while the tractor is in the, in the distance, you know, work tilling the field and that kind of thing. And, um, and, and from that, they took and made a, a series mm -hmm. um, that are basically sci-fi, but what I would consider more hopeful sci-fi, more like Ray Bradbury sci-fi rather okay. than like, Black Mirror kind of sci-fi. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, and yeah, so the Swedish artist Simon Stalinhag um, did a an art book that again you can you can you can Google him and see a bunch of different beautiful art that he's made. And then in into this he inserts like a robot or some weird sci-fi looking tower, uh, you know, in, in the background of what otherwise looks like you know, a, a Rockwell painting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a what if kind of scenario. Like what if, what if America in the fifties had had robots or what if America in the sixties oh. had had, you know, AI or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it, it's really, it's quite wonderful. It's a quite, it's on Amazon prime. Um, and it's called tales from the loop. And they are, they are all, they all take place in the same little town Okay, and and they're all involved as far as I can tell. Again, I've only seen two, 
but all the stories are interconnected. There's eight episodes. Um, and I'm really enjoying them. Afterwards, you're left with, you know, the, the, the ones we've seen so far are a little melancholy. And, and they leave you with a little bit like, huh, a little wistful kind of a, but they're not bleak. They're not like Black Mirror. They're, 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 it's not a grim future. It's more of a wondrous, mysterious, again, Ray Bradbury style yeah. future. Yeah. And so so I, I highly recommend Tales from the Loop. Very good. I love yeah. it. That's good. I like hopeful. I like hopeful. That's on my to be watched list, and I just haven't gotten there yet. What platform uh, is it on, Aaron? Uh, on, who, on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. Tales from the Loop. All right. Thank so, you. so Mark, my, man, my, my final, uh, my final thing is a, is a, is a deep dive in the, that it's just a lot of stuff to look at. Um, and I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this guys. Uh, there's a, a series on Hulu right now that is, uh, sort of a cult classic, really. Uh, the uh, there's eight seasons on there, uh, seven or eight seasons. I forget which. Uh, it's the Venture Brothers, which uh, oh yes, uh, originally was on um, Adult Swim. Uh, for those of you guys who don't uh, who don't know about this, the Venture Brothers follows the adventures of a family: Doc Venture, his bodyguard Brock. And his sons, uh, who are uh, ostensibly uh, younger, prepubescent versions of Fred from Scooby-Doo and Peter Parker. Um, Very good. I like that. And uh, the film, the the, the thing starts out, you know, with this sort of, uh, you'll immediately recognize the, the, the opening crawl sequence as being, Oh, they're doing a Johnny quest sort of a riff. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that is definitely the point of entry. Let's take apart the, the Johnny quest myth, you know, and sort of look at that. And in fact, we find out that doc venture in the, in the show uh, was the Johnny quest character uh, in the 1960s, and his father was the Benton Quest character. And so um, as the show goes on, uh, it goes deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, uh, you all using initially this uh, framework of Hanna-Barbera action-adventure and superhero cartoons. But then it goes sort of wide open into this whole pop culture TV verse, uh, it gets into the Bionic Man, uh, and it gets into Bigfoot from the Bionic Man. Uh, <laughs> it's <a jerk> too. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. It gets into sixties uh, Marvel comics characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. The, it is this beautifully and and, and cheerfully um, uh, profane. It does not treat these subjects with kid gloves. You know, in fact, it's sort of. It's sort of a postmodern, you know, what would growing up like this do to a person? Well, it kind of mess them up. And so yeah. we get it. We, we, we're exploring these damaged people and their damaged relationships. But it is such a pop culture deep dive. And I know that the people that listen to our podcast are, are big fans of this because we are. Uh, and so um, 
if you have not watched the series or if maybe you've only seen one season, this is the kind of thing where you can watch a couple of these at a time and 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 just kind of add that to your daily rotation. Uh, they are a lot of fun. Um, the uh, Patrick Warburton plays the, is the voice of Brock Sampson. And, and of course, Brock initially is the, is the guy that uh, everybody likes, but over time you find all the other characters get, get developed and, and, and it just becomes this rich tapestry of uh, damaged people who can't help, but do damaged things, you know? Um, and, uh, but, but there's also genuine affection underneath it, which I think, which I really like, um, as uh, he, he's making fun of this stuff in a way of saying, by way of saying, this is our stuff to make fun of. We, and it's okay for us to, to crack wise on this because for, for so long, we were the only ones that cared, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, I recommend it. If you haven't seen them, they're great. Uh, they're all on Hulu right now and there's a ton of them. I mean, that's, what's nice about it is, yeah. uh, if, if for, for quarantine purposes, uh, you can be at this for a long time and, uh, and, and I think really enjoy them. They, they took so long to come out, uh, initially there was all often, you know, like a full year between seasons and to have them all out and just be like right there. Is, yeah. is the essence of a bingeable series. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that show. I used to, to watch it on Adult Swim all the time. And, and I just would, 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 oh, I couldn't wait for the new episodes to get new seasons to start. I was just so into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, it, yeah. and it's, and it's way more, uh, it's way more productive than rewatching Rick and Morty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I love the animation. I love the style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, it's, it's, it's quite good. And you could see, the the inspirations from like all the things you mentioned uh, so very clearly, especially uh, Jackson Public doing his Hoyt Curtain impression with the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. The, the, oh the music of the Venture Brothers. If you if you love Michael Giacchino's uh, incredible soundtrack, if you like the Johnny Quest and the Birdman and the Space Ghost soundtracks from the Hanna Barbera classic mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. this guy. Uh, swallowed all of that stuff and and really uh, really pays homage to it in a way that that's almost funny, but then it's not because you can still listen to it. And go, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I love the way the characters grow. Again, I love ensemble casts. Going back to Parks and Recreation from the beginning yeah. of this thing, I love ensemble casts. So I love the characters interacting with each other. Characters you wouldn't necessarily think would interact, and suddenly you get. Uh, you know, the, the monarch having a, a sit down with, you know, Dean Venture about something. Right. And you're like, wow, right, how's that right, going right. to work? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Or, you know, Dr. Orpheus and, and, and his daughter, uh, uh, Triana, the way they they I mean, just it's such a well it's such a well structured show. There's you no find, doubt you find, you're going to find yourself more invested in this than you than you think. Right. Because yeah. especially because early on, I think he was just saying, like, here's my proof of concept. Like, this yeah. is what I want to do. Yeah. And the first season is certainly that. But as soon as he's got room to maneuver, uh, this this goes down a rabbit hole that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend. I think it's what eight, seven seasons. It's seven seasons. Seven, uh, from what I understand. Yeah. Oh my God, such such a good. What a great recommendation to end on. I love it. I love it. Uh, well. Ladies and gentlemen, um, the Lobot Lounge is dark. We are practicing our social distancing. Um, we are, uh, we will make it through this. So we hope you've enjoyed this little look into what we're doing. Yeah, we we want to make sure that everyone out there stays safe um, and, and and occupies your time and 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 has a cheery disposition because it may seem a little gloomy now, 
but we can we can keep that hope alive and we could do this. So um, we, we, we thank you for listening and please stay safe out there. The Gentleman Nerds is a Cloak and Dagger production and is written by Aaron Diarive, Mark Finn, Ben Gibbs, and Joseph Fotinos, with additional material provided by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Music composed and performed by the amazingly talented Ben Gibbs. Promotional material logos of the Gentleman Nerds mascot, created by artistic goddess Michelle Fitzpatrick. The Lobot Lounge bouncer is Maximilian, and our special guest bartender tonight is Din Jarin, the Mandalorian himself, because he practices social distancing and he never takes off his mask in public. This is the way. Our sound editor, mixer, and intentional producer is Ben Gibbs. Our executive producer and the man we all pray never gets superpowers is Aaron Diorive. The Gentleman Nerds mascot, um, I mentioned earlier, is... Um, um, a mas- no, it's a, the robot who has no name, and we're still looking for his name. The gentleman Earth attorney is Dr. Gonzo. Mark Farnash, man in the gorilla suit. Oh, by the way, King Ralph is a 1991 movie starring John Goodman about a loudish American who, because of his distant family relationship, unexpectedly becomes the king of England, and the entire royal family gets killed, and Peter O'Toole plays the royal secretary who tries to civilize him. Web hosting by Bluehost. Tiger training by that bitch Carol Baskin. Join us! in the Lobot Lounge when next we open. And please, when we can, always remember to tip your bartenders and your waitstaff. We'll get through this. Be safe, be smart, take care of yourselves and each other. I'm Joseph Latinos reminding you all that Red Skull lives and... Matrogi! All right, here we go. The Gentleman Nerds are three entertainment... Oh, shoot. (laughs) It's been a while, guys. Sorry. <laughs> oh, hello. And take two. Entertainment? What the hell is that? I don't know, uh, but let's coin that word. Like entertainment. Entertainment. <laughs> entertainment. Oh, Lord. Good help. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Blah.